Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Brady, hard count, hands the ball off. Rojo pops it free. Across the fence, head to the 50-20. Rojo to the 30. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 50. Rojo to the 40. Rojo to the 30. High seven to the 20. It'll be a 98-yard touchdown run by Ronald Jones the second. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 147. Week 11 of the NFL season is here, and it is time for our weekly game preview show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And of course, we are joined by a very special guest today to help us cover all things Rams. Founder and CEO of the LA Football Network and host of the LA Football Podcast alongside NFL vet Frosty Rucker, Mr. Ryan Dirude joins the show. How are we doing, fellas? Welcome. Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. I am doing good. I'm really excited to get this uh, game preview underway because, you know, as history shows us, whenever these two teams match up, they usually play a pretty exciting game. We know they had the <laughs> shootout in 2019. A lot of people look back yeah. to that Monday Night Football Classic in 2000. A lot of history between these two teams. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Excited to talk Rams with you. Fellas, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me on and excited to uh, essentially have you on my show, too. We're doing this as like a cross pod and and something I, I swear this wasn't planned, something super funny. And we never announce our our show numbers, what what you know, what episode we're on. But this is our episode 147 as well. That uh, is was, super I was, ironic. So I was, was going to bring that up. I was I was checking out your guys' podcast feed before the show, getting to listen to how you do it, and I had noticed that we are on the same exact episode. So I think that's hilarious, dude. What a coincidence. Yeah, crazy. Meant to be. <clears throat> Absolutely. So taking a look at this Rams team, Monday Night Football in Tampa Bay. You know, the Rams are one of those teams making some noise in the NFC. They are, I believe, tied for first in their division right now, which is a very strong division. But I just think they're one of those teams that isn't getting enough credit right now. Like, they absolutely took it to Seattle last week. And they are 6-3 and three in a tough division that's still wide open. And I don't know how Evan feels, but as far as I am concerned, they are playing way above the expectations I had at the beginning of the season. Well, I think you're absolutely right. They're playing above their expectations because after – some of the losses they had in free agency, really bringing no one in other than, you know, a couple guys, Aishan Robinson, Leonard Floyd. Um, and then they had a, no first-round picks, so, you know, kind of stacked up there in the second round. But, uh, yeah, the expectations were, you know, 9-7 and seven last year. They could maybe go 9-7 and seven again, 10-6. and six, uh, With how good of a division, I don't think anyone expected um, them to be at where they're at right now, tied and in contention and, and really a contender, in my opinion. And the reason why they're a contender 
is this defense that is just that's I think what's exceeded really everyone's expectations is you know you fire Wade Phillips you bring in relatively unknown Brandon Staley who's a first time ever defensive coordinator and uh, implementing a new defense with uh, a lot of young guys they they lost you know some key starters and Dante Fowler and Corey Littleton and didn't really replace him obviously I mentioned Leonard Floyd but did nothing at middle linebacker uh, and they're playing lights out so I think. We'll get into it, obviously, throughout this entire thing, but I think this team is built for the long haul because of the defense, and the offense has been kind of up and down, um, suspect at times, but considering that Sean McVay's bread and butter, I think they'll get it figured out at the right time and get everything rolling when they need to. So the fact that the defense is playing so well, that's why I think they're built for this long-term success. Yeah, well, when I looked at the Rams, you know, I I looked at a lot of things you said. Uh, they, they lost a lot of guys. It just seemed like they were losing guys left and right. And, you know, they really went for it in those few years uh, when they tried and they got to the Super Bowl and they lost. Uh, that's when, you know, they're getting Ramsey and they were they were in on all these big free agents and all these trade rumors. And then they just came up short. And then that's the price you have to pay where you have to let some guys go that you just can't afford. Um, but now, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree with you on the defense. I think the big thing is Jalen Ramsey is like Jalen Ramsey again. Uh, last year he was good. But I, I don't think he was shut down level. Uh, this year, he's just been like one of like the best corners in the league, uh, really starting to, to show why he's worth a big contract. And I mean, I think now he's finally like back to form where he hasn't been for the past maybe two seasons or so. And like you mentioned, a guy like Leonard Floyd. I mean, I was looking at it. I thought Leonard Floyd was always a pretty good pass rusher. I always liked him. But his his rookie season, he got seven sacks in Chicago the whole season, and now he has seven sacks with the Rams, and we still got a bunch of games left. So, I mean, this guy has been playing uh, great football. I believe he had three sacks alone last week, so those numbers are a little skewed, but, I mean, still, it's still uh, a really solid pass rusher. And, of course, when you have a guy like Aaron Donald, uh, who is, I think, probably one of uh, like a top three or two best football player in the league right now, um, I just think that the defensive line is just going to eat whoever the opposing offensive line is. And, I mean, that's a big key in, in how, you know, they've, they've been able to have success. Like you said, the offense has been up and down. I'm not a huge fan of Jared Goff, but, like, I think the offensive scheme, I think that fits him well. Uh, I, I think that McVay is just – he's so good at what he does and, like, their entire – offensive staff and um like guys like cooper cup robert woods those guys are really good as well so uh i definitely they've definitely surprised me a little bit uh, i thought they were going to be maybe that like eight and eight nine and seven type team but uh i mean they're right in the thick of things right now and we'll talk a little bit more about those key players on both sides of the ball when we get into the game preview but i want to take a moment and remind everybody that this podcast is sponsored by our good friends over at betonline.ag. If you're looking to put some game or uh, some money on the games this weekend, it's definitely a great weekend to do it. Over at BetOnline, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got their online casino, which never, ever closes. So head over to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. So we're going to go over some of the top stories coming out of Bucks camp this week. First and foremost, have to give a 
Formal congratulations to Mr. Ronald Jones. He was named the FedEx Ground Player of the Week. His career high, 192 yards on Sunday. Puts him at number three in the league for rushing, 730 yards, trailing only behind Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, with a, without a doubt some of the top-tier running backs in the league. So Rojo, really good performance from him last Sunday, bringing home some hardware. Good week for Ronald Jones. And then another thing as well. The Bucks have altered their practice schedule. And it's funny because Evan and I, like, we kind of, you know, casually joked about this a couple of weeks ago. We're like, oh, well, Bucks can't play on primetime, so just practice at night, problem solved. Well, that's what Bruce Arians is out here trying to do. Uh, he said on Monday that he's going to be changing up the practice schedule in an effort to help them start games off a little bit better. He said, quote, we're going to try practicing at that game time on Friday and Saturday night and do some more stuff actually Monday morning than we have been doing in the past. So push comes to shove. I guess you got to see what's happening because the Bucks are an abysmal 1-2 and two on prime time this year. So uh, I don't know. Evan, do you think it works? I mean, we'll see, but obviously I don't think it can be much worse than our last prime time performance. But oh, um, I, I mean, you know... Not. <laughs> like like you said i mean an abysmal one and two and that one against the giants like that just felt kind of like bad like that was just one of them wins you're like eh, like yeah it's a win but like man they really didn't play that well and then obviously the chicago game where they didn't play well and the new orleans one where they just got completely outclassed so uh, i think it's smart to switch up something because clearly after three primetime games something's not working uh, so I think this is a, a smart move. I don't know if it's going to work just because I just feel like it's in a lot of players' heads right now. Like, I don't know how much a schedule change is going to actually do anything, um, but we'll see. And, I mean, I, I expect a close game on Monday night. I don't think either team is going to blow the other out. Um, but, I mean, we will see. Yeah. Now, on the injury report side of things, there's a couple of big headlines coming out of both camps this week. As for the Rams, last week they lost veteran offensive lineman, big left tackle Andrew Whitworth. He suffered a knee injury, and it has landed him on IR. So Ryan shakes things up for that offensive line a little bit, but what does the loss of Whitworth mean for L.A.? It's a huge loss, guys. Other than probably Aaron Donald and Jared Goff, it's the biggest loss this team could have. He's an anchor of the offensive line. He's an anchor of the offense, and he's a leader in that locker room and probably the most trusted uh, guy on the team overall just with his longevity, with you know his injury really not being injury-prone before this, and uh, just his leadership. So it's a huge loss. He was, I think, PFF had him ranked fourth overall out of all uh, tackles in the entire NFL. Um, so he's playing at an unbelievable level for his age. And uh, it's, you know, we, we hope and pray that he gets well soon and it's not anything that's career ending. He still does have two years left on a contract. Um, but as far as just how they replace him, I mean, there's really no truly replacing him. But Joe Nopum, a guy that drafted at uh, TCU, they actually slid inside last year to play guard. But they'll bounce him back to tackle to take over. And he looked OK in, in some relief last week, but he'll have a, a tough task filling those shoes because that is just a huge loss for this offense. Yeah. Now, on the Bucks side of things, another big name on that offensive line, left guard Ali Marpet. Uh, reports came out of practice today from Rick Stroud in the Tampa Bay Times saying that Marpet's still got this general feeling of fogginess, which he's already missed two games. It is definitely not an encouraging sign. One would think that with the game being on Monday night, that extra day can give him a little extra time to just recoup and maybe we see him suit up for prime time, but... I don't know, man. Evan, when does this start to become a concern? Because 
you look at how the Bucks have adjusted. Didn't work against the Saints when they plugged Joe Hagan at left guard. They made some changes against Carolina. A.Q. Shipley played center. Ryan Jensen moved over to left guard, which both of those guys have plenty of experience to do it again. But for Ali Marpet, when does this become a major concern for you? I mean, it's starting to become a major concern now. Um, you know, you see a lot of guys enter concussion protocol, and they normally only miss maybe one game. Now Marpet could potentially miss three. Uh, I mean, that's not great. Um it really, really is not. I don't know at what point during the Giants game he he uh, ended up getting hurt um, or you know getting concussed, I should say. But yeah, this could potentially be his third missed game, and now you're talking like, I mean, is this concussion really this bad? Uh, you know, Chris Godwin uh, had a concussion earlier in the season. He missed one game and was back in week three. Now Ali Marpet, who has been just one of the best guards in the NFL this season and really a reason why Tom Brady hasn't been sacked a whole lot. It's a huge reason why, actually. And he's going to be likely out again, if I had to guess. Um, like like you did say, with the extra day, maybe um, he's able to give it a go. I think they're going to wait and see how he feels tomorrow and Saturday after practice. But, I mean, he's still got to pass through protocol, um, and it's starting to be become a concern. Uh, I, I, you know, every guy's different with concussions. Um, every everybody, you know, there's different levels of a of a concussion, uh, and everybody really handles them differently. So in Marpet's case, is I mean, at this point, you're just hoping it's not anything really long term. Uh, but I mean, their the offense is definitely going to miss him because, like we were talking before the show, Rhett, you know, you can survive with Jensen at guard and Shipley at center when you're going against you know the Panthers. But when you're going up against this Rams defensive line headlined by Aaron Donald, it's a little bit of a different story. So um, that's going to be a huge factor. And, I mean, last year, Marpet was a big factor in shutting down Donald. I don't believe Donald had a sack in last year's game. Uh, That was a big storyline coming into that game. And now with Marpet potentially being out, uh, Donald (laughs) might have a field day. So we'll we'll see. But it would definitely be a huge loss if he can't go. Well, guys, if if I can jump in real quick. Uh, for those Rams fans out there listening, this is, yeah, he's a huge part of your offensive line. You guys obviously know better than me, but I was on a um, a Bucks show just yesterday, and one of their hosts predicted if Marpet plays, the Bucks win. If he loses, the Rams win. So I think that just yeah. shows how yeah. important he is to this offensive line, to this offense, to what Tom Brady does. And, uh, yeah, if he doesn't, I think this Rams defensive line can be great. And like you said, in last, last year's game, they really weren't effective. I know it was a different quarterback at that time. Uh, not Tom Brady yet, but yeah, he's just that instrumental and it'll be a huge game time decision to see if he's out there or not. Absolutely. So speaking of game time decisions, let's get a little bit more into this game preview itself. So we look at this matchup on Monday night, primetime game, huge playoff implications for both teams. It sets up one of the most critical matchups of the season for both clubs here. Uh, The Rams offense, Still got Jared Goff, does a pretty good job of spreading the ball out on offense. He's got some really good pass catchers, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Josh Reynolds. They've also got a pretty strong rushing attack despite the departure of Todd Gurley. You know, we talked about the loss of Andrew Whitworth, but that Rams rushing attack, let's talk about it for a minute. Um, They mostly split carries. They've got a trio back there. It's uh, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and then they've got Cam Akers, who was a second-round pick this last year. It has worked pretty well. Um, They are (laughs) productive is quite an understatement when you look at the numbers that they put up. 134 yards per game, and I think a little under 5 yards per carry for that Rams rushing attack. But 
with all that being said, the Rams can get it done on offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of people when they think of Sean McVay and his offense, it's, they think of high-powered, high-scoring, 11 personnel, air the ball out, all this and that. But it's really predicated on being well-balanced and, and rushing the football. And the way they're able to air it out is if they can get that ground game going early and often and, and keep feeding those guys. And when they drafted Cam Akers, the thought was out here in L.A. that he was going to be the guy to replace Todd Gurley and take over. And, yeah, you'd have Hendo would come in and be that kind of change of pace, you know, break the game wide open back, and Malcolm Brown would be your, your goal line or fourth and short, third and short guy. But Akers would be the lead guy, and that hasn't been the case. That He was a little banged up early in the year. Um, but even now that he's healthy, this is still a true running back by committee. Um, but it, when it comes to winning football games, not fantasy games, you really don't care, right? You just want to get the yards and production, and uh, they've been able to do that. And they come up with a tough matchup this week with this Buccaneers, you guys know, have a very good rushing defense. So it's going to be really, really important for Sean McVay and this offense to stick with the run even if they're not having that five yards a clip like you mentioned, Rhett. Uh, but if they can, you know, just, just stay with it because that opens things up for the passing game. And all Rams fans know, all Rams nation knows, Jared Goff is a very comparable quarterback. He's very good running this offense, but you don't want your offense going through Goff because that's not a recipe for success. So they have to stick to this ground game no matter how little they get in the beginning um, if they want success because it's, it's worked for them so far. Last thing I'll say on the only – Two games this year, they've rushed under 30 times a game. And one was last week in Seattle when they ran it for 29 times. Um, and Seattle has a 30-second ranked pass defense, so you would think they'd air it out a little bit more. So um, just shows how important it is to get over that 30 rushes per game clip and a main reason why they have been so successful. Yeah, and I mean, when when you talk about that, that reminds me a lot of like the Bucks situation on offense. Um, the Bucks haven't had the same success like as far as individual running backs go, but like, yeah, I, I mean, Daryl Henderson, I loved coming out of the draft, and then Cam Akers, the same thing. So uh, the Rams just load up on running backs that I that I like, I guess. Um, uh, I mean, and it's it's proven good because, like you said, I mean, when the offense is reliant just on Jared Goff that's when the other team's defensive line really just starts to tee off and you know I was watching that that Miami game to see Tua's first start and I mean it just unraveled uh once things started to get out of hand a little bit and they had to get away from the run game that's when things started to really not go well then the game just got out of hand um but I mean yeah this this Rams offense is still very high powered and uh, you know I think it's better that they they moved on from Todd Gurley um I honestly do I I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of Todd Gurley uh like I just felt like he was, his, his knees were kind of done pretty much I, I thought that yeah, he just didn't have a whole lot left in the tank and he's having an okay year in Atlanta but like, I think the the Rams plan for as far as like the run game goes has been perfect and I think it's worked to perfection so far yeah and, and a point to that Todd Gurley because he's he's still like you said he's been fairly productive in Atlanta and it's good to see him you know back home and and still playing and you know we all love Todd out here and he had great years but I think what was best for the Rams it was just getting out from under that shadow, right? Because he had such a dominant 2017 and 2018. Then 2019, every game was just questions. Well, why wasn't Gurley getting the ball? Is he injured? Is he not? Is he in the doghouse? What's going on? And so it was always a focal point of uh, media, of fans, and then just of the actual game plan is what's going on with Todd Gurley. Now they can move on and just say, literally, we're running back by committee. We're going to rush the ball 30 times a game and move forward, and that's what it's been. So I think it worked out best for both parties. Now, while we're talking about this Rams offense, you know, let's not ignore the passing attack that they do have, a really good trio of wide receivers. But I will say, 
If there's one thing that we've seen this season that can just absolutely tear this Bucks defense apart, it is crossing routes. And uh, I think that is the bread and butter on offense when it comes to guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods for L.A. So I'm really expecting that to be a, a really big focus point for this defense coming into this game. Evan, do you agree? Like, do you think that's just where they can cut us up the most underneath and maybe some crossing routes is, you know, because I, I feel confident in the run defense. I really do. But it's just those short gains, those quick passes that eat us alive. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, you look back at that last game last year and Jared Goff, uh, I think it might still be a career high for him in yards or something like that. And I mean, they still, they threw the ball over, all over the lot. And while I think the Bucks defense has improved now from when it was back then, I mean, these, these guys are still no joke. And if, the Bucks' game plans the past few weeks on defense have been up and down. Uh, New Orleans, the entire game plan, the whole game was just awful. Carolina, you sort of saw the sort of the same thing in, in the first half, and then they made the adjustments in the second half and really able to take over. This Rams offense is so much better than Carolina's, and they just have so much more firepower and and speed than Carolina does and I mean Carolina's got like guys like Robbie Anderson Curtis Samuel so uh, I mean I, I really like LA's offense um another guy um uh Quentin ja- uh, Quentin is it? no Van Jefferson sorry from Florida mm-hmm. uh, I was a big fan of him I, I've seen him make a few plays here and there uh Josh Reynolds I, I liked him coming out so I, I think that they have really stockpiled their receivers well uh, I believe Gerald Everett at tight end. I've, I've always been sort of a fan of his as well. Um, they got weapons, and if, if the Bucks are going to sit back and just play soft zone, I think golf is going to be able to find guys pretty easily. Uh, you're going to have to bump them, but when you do bump and play man on those crossing routes and stuff with how twitchy like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are, that's where you get yourself in some trouble because – on a crossing route, that's like the best way to beat man. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think Robert Woods can kn- knows how to you know basically get off of his man right away, and then golf can just hit him, and it wouldn't take much time at all for the defensive line to be able to get there. So, uh, I think it could be an issue. Um, I think it's all going to rely on the Bucks' pass rush. If if they can get home, I think it affects a lot more, and I think it'll change what LA can do. But if they can't, I think it could be a long day, and, and golf could have a big day. Yeah, let, let's stick with that for a second because um, the thing that's given this Rams offense so much trouble, and if you watch the Miami game, you, you know what I'm talking about, is, is that pass rush. You know, plenty of cover zero they saw, and, and the Rams didn't adjust, yeah. and did, did blockers back there. And Todd Bowles is no, uh, he's not shy about blitzing. You know, that's what his defense <laughs> predicates is, you know, getting after the quarterback. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, what kind of blitzes and stuff does Todd Bowles dial up, and how do you think he um, he does that to basically alleviate what you guys are worried about, these crossing yeah. pass stuff to get after the quarterback? So he, he's, I haven't seen him do much cover zero. Uh, that's not the type of blitzes that they that they tend to do. I saw, yeah, Miami did it a bunch to the, to the Rams, and the Rams just seemed to have no answer for it at any point in that game. I mean, it seemed like every time Miami did it, it was a turnover going the other way. Um, so, yeah, he doesn't do a ton of that, and, may, and maybe that's in the game plan this week. Maybe, you know, Bowles sort of watched that Miami game and, and saw it and said, hey, there's something here. But um, 
a lot of times he'll he'll send a nickel. He'll he'll, he'll send one of the nickel corners in. Uh, really likes to blitz the two linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. Those guys are his main two blitzers. Just just lets them go. Uh, then they have Antoine Winfield uh, in the secondary that would come down every now and then. So a lot of it's not a lot of cover zero. Normally when he's blitzing, he's sending one or two guys. He's not typically sending the house, but uh, uh, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe he does see something on film and, and say, hey, every now and then, let's, let's try this. So I, I think it might be something that you see, but for a Todd Bowles defense uh in the past two years that we've seen it, it, he doesn't typically run those types of blitzes. But it's a lot of moving parts, a lot of um, guys that are just coming at you in all different directions. So, And he really does like to get you in the mental game when it comes to moving personnel around. A handful of times we've seen this season, and Dominic Sue will just stand up and he'll stand at the A-gap like he's the guy who's about to rush through. So, I mean, he'll, you know, give you a bunch of different looks when it comes to the blitz. But, yeah, just like Evan said, you know, you don't see a whole lot of um, – I guess preparing for, I guess, that coverage over the middle of the field. That's just where they get eaten up for sure every single week. But let's talk about this Rams defense. We mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but that defense is led, as always, by Aaron Donald, who is probably on his way to another Defensive Player of the Year award. But now they've also got shut down corner Jalen Ramsey and then the guy that we had mentioned before, Leonard Floyd. There's a couple, uh, Leonard Floyd, excuse me. But there are a couple of other big names on that defense as well, and you know, as we alluded to before, they are playing some very, very good football. They shut down Seattle. They held Russell Wilson to probably his worst game of the season. I mean, it really is just complimentary football. They're going out there and playing, and they're on a roll right now. Yeah, they're, I mean, like I said right in the beginning, they're surprised everyone, and they're playing lights out. Uh, I, I saw a stat last week. Jalen Ramsey uh, covered DK Metcalf on 30 routes. And Metcalf had four targets and two receptions for 28 yards. And that's a receiver that's just been lighting the league up and tearing everyone apart. And Jalen Ramsey shut the door on that. Um, but then you also, you mentioned all the big name guys, but you have guys that are not household names that are becoming them. Uh, Darius Williams, who is a, a corner that was, you know, cut by the Ravens two years ago, joined the Rams last year. Sean McVay kind of fell in love with them and talked a lot about him. Said he's going to have a bright future for this Rams team. And he showed out this year. Week in and week out, he plays better and better. Uh, had two picks last week and a huge pass breakup in the end zone against Seattle. Um, so he's played well. Jordan Fuller, sixth-round pick out of Ohio State. That Everyone thought the Rams were set at safety with John Johnson and Taylor Rapp. The Rams ended up taking two safeties in this year's draft. And Jordan Fuller ended up being a starter from day one. Um, Taylor Rapp, unfortunately, now on IR. Hopefully he'll come back at some point in the season. But, but Fuller's been playing great. He's uh, a lot of fun to watch. And so a lot of these guys in this Staley system just kind of integrates guys that are good at what they do. It doesn't kind of put, you know, round or square pegs and round holes, if you will, um, just showcases what their abilities are and allows them to play their brand of football. And uh, it's about, you know, coaches coaching and players executing, and they're all doing it at a, at a very high, efficient level. And uh, it's been fun to watch. And this, you know, this defensive line, in my opinion, is one of the best in the NFL uh, we haven't even mentioned Michael Brockers just because he doesn't really end up on the stat sheet, but he's just a a beast in the run run defense, and you know he's a guy that eats up blocks as well. Can get after the quarterback if needed. Had that big sack on Tua, or he hit Tua, I think, or him and Donald were on that first play with Tua. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just a good unit and um, a lot of fun. Well, I wish uh, Vita Vey was healthy because then you'd have former teammates uh, that would be going obviously not going up against each other. They pull play defensive line, but Greg Gaines and. And Vita Vea both being Udo products. I love I love me some Vita Vea, so I'm bummed he's on the IR. Oh, yeah, man. That was a big loss for that defensive line this season. Uh, Evan, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, he pretty much covered it. It's it, their their defensive line. I think when you even when you look on paper, and a lot of times when you say, "Oh yeah, I'll look on paper," but it doesn't translate. Well, th- this one did. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Michael Brockers. I've always been. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, I think, is okay. I definitely prefer Brockers to him, but they're two. They're similar. Uh, Ashawn Robinson isn't going to give you as much pass rush. He's more like a run stop guy, but I still think he's solid. And obviously Aaron Donald, but like I talked about, Leonard Floyd is the guy that Evan real really. Quick. I don't want. I want to cut you off, but um, their goal is because Ashawn Robinson played his first game last week after being out with the cardiovascular thing. So their ultimate goal is to have those three guys on the field at the same time, Donald, Ashawn in the middle, and Brockers on the edge. So that's the kind of idea. Um, but I totally agree with you that, yeah, I do like Brockers' athleticism. And, and what a huge get that was that he signed with Baltimore yeah. and fell through and ended up back. So sorry, I just wanted to point that out. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, well, I, don't, I don't know how you'd run on that defensive line then. So uh, good luck, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I think a big key was was Jalen Ramsey really coming back and 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 playing like Jalen Ramsey, and then, and then like you said with the other corners they had, and I was a big fan of Taylor Rap. It sucks that he went on IR, um, but I mean, yeah, they're <laughs> they're 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 secondary really. Uh, I mean, if if you're just going back and and looking at the game from last year, right? Um, I mean, the the Bucks. I I didn't think. I thought the same about the Rams' defense last year. I thought they were a good unit, and I was shocked when the Bucks were just throwing all over them. But at that time, you know, the Rams didn't have Jalen Ramsey. Uh, you know, they they still had Marcus Peters. I remember because Peters had a pick six in that game, um, and he got absolutely so I think, clobbered by Donovan Smith at the end I, of it. If I, you I remember do, that I, part too, yeah, yeah I do. I, I was that. actually at that game. Yeah, so I remember <laughs> it well. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're just a really good unit. And I mean, yes, like they haven't played the greatest offenses this year, but I mean, you just look at last week and what they did to Seattle where Russell Wilson, I mean, you know, he, you're talking about him in every MVP race talk, every single one it's involving Russell Wilson's name and the Rams just completely shut it down. But I mean, you know, they gave up 28 points to the Dolphins, but one was a special teams touchdown. One was a fumble recovery that went right down to like the two or three yard line, I believe. Um, and one was a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So, I mean, that's not <laughs> that like, I mean, everybody talked about Tua win his first game. I was like, well, you know, he do a whole lot. And the Rams still forced <laughs> a turn turnover early on there. So, um, but I mean, yeah, if you look at it, like the 49ers still have a good offense. They only, yeah, the Rams lost that game, but still only allowed 24 points. Um, it, it's it's very very impressive what they've been able to do. The weakness, I think, is probably the linebackers. Um, you know, Ryan, if you disagree, you can let me know. But I, when I look at it, I, I look at the linebackers, and if the Bucks are going to target one thing, I think. You know, get the tight ends, Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brate against those linebackers one-on-one matchups and see if you can win them. I think that's where the Bucks' success on offense is going to have to come from. But ultimately, I think it's going to be protecting Tom Brady, uh, especially if Ali Marpet can't go. The the In the losses that the Bucks have had, in the three losses, sacks and hits on Tom Brady have been an issue in every single one. So if you're going to beat the Bucks. You're gonna to have to hit Tom Brady. If you can't hit Tom Brady, I think it's gonna be awfully tough to beat this Bucks team. They just have too many weapons, and I think it opens up a lot. But if you get to hitting him, I think you can really start to beat up on this Bucks team. And look at the Rams. This could be a recipe for disaster for the Bucks if Ali Marpet can't go because, like I said, he's their best offensive lineman, and 
you're going up against a guy like Aaron Donald. I mean, that's just like I said, they did a fine job against him last year, but I mean, Alex Kappa, I, I like Ryan Jensen, but guard isn't even his natural position. AQ Shipley is undersized. Um, so if, if Tom Brady has time, I think this could be another shootout potentially, but if not, it could get ugly. I think it's an accurate statement. You know, the way that this game shapes up, if someone were to say that this could be a shootout or someone else could say that, uh, well, this is going to be a, you know, defensive battle, low scoring, both are accurate statements. Like it really is one of those games that looks like all the elements come together and it could go one way or the other. But you brought up the Rams secondary a little bit and I wanted to transition Talk about some of the matchups we're looking at. We talked a lot about that Rams pass rush and, you know, the effectiveness of any team hitting Tom Brady slowing down the offense, but I'm going to be watching these wide receivers of Tampa Bay match up with the DBs. Um, You know, Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, uh, they're moving guys all around back there in that secondary. You've seen Jalen Ramsey play like like a hybrid nickel, I guess they would call it. Um, Mm -hmm. They got Troy Hill, Darius Williams. Those guys are playing outside. And then you see them mix it up a little bit. You see Hill at the nickel. Ramsey and Williams are playing outside. So, you know, I'm curious to see how they can attack this wide receiver set because, you know, the Bucs are not shy. Sometimes they'll come at you with four wide receivers because, let's face it, they can do it. When you've got Mike Evans, who, while we have complained, has been slow a little bit, he's still, I think, tied for second place in the league for touchdowns right now because it's like a three-way tie for first. But, um... You know, he's having a good season. Brady's doing a good job of spreading the ball out. Antonio Brown is finally getting his legs underneath him. So I'm curious to see what they do and and how they adjust. And Ryan, how do you think they approach this Bucks offense? Well, it's a, you know, you got names and, and stars at every level of the field. So it's a hard, hard offense to really game plan for and to slow down. Um, Frost and I talked a lot about this actually when the Chargers played you guys. Um, who they did a good job in the first half and then just completely fell apart in the second half. But, I mean, one thing you have to do against any Tom Brady-led offense, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, um, Evan, but you have to get pressure without blitzing. Because, you know, when you blitz, mm-hmm. he's going to pick you apart. Or you have to really disguise your blitz as well. Because he'll pick you apart before he snaps the ball and says, okay, this guy's blitzing. I know this guy's going to be open in the flats. I'll just get the ball out, you know, within 1.2 seconds or whatever. So, so it's key to be able to get pass rush with their four guys. Um, and then that allows your secondary better chances. Now, speaking specifically of the secondary, Jalen Ramsey, like you mentioned, Rhett, they've been moving guys all over. Um, we saw last week Jalen Ramsey follow DK a lot more than usual. This week, however, I wouldn't think that just because the Buccaneers have legit three number one wide receivers, so who do you really want him to be on? So I think he'll pick a side, whether it's right or left, and he'll just stick to that side. And then I would assume Darius Williams will be a little bit more on Antonio Brown just for size-wise, and maybe he runs out of the slot a little more. Um, but it's a, yeah, it's, it's a good, good Bucks unit, um, especially if they're all on the same page. I think this week uh, with all the COVID stuff that's happened and, and different practices, that hurts the Bucks a little bit. Um, Tom Brady's, obviously, you guys know, has said a lot about how they're just trying to still get on the same page, still build chemistry, um, and they need as many reps as possible. And when those get taken away, that that bodes well for defenses as, as opposed to the offense. So um, that kind of swings in the Rams' favor a little bit. But, you know, hat on a hat. You know, you got to take these Bucks receivers, but I just think the way Staley's scheme things up and they, they use Jordan Fuller in what they call like a star position um, where he kind of rows around, plays in the box a lot, um, you know, plays over the top. He kind of is all over the field. Um, so it, it's fun. To, it's been fun to watch, but it'll be a really good matchup with these three or four or five wide receivers that the Bucks can roll out. Yeah, and I mean, I think a, a big key for the Bucks offense as far as really just – 
you know, taking advantage of this Rams defense is, and it's something we talk about every week on this show. It's trying to get the run game going, which is going to be tough against this Rams defensive line. And if if the Bucks rush for over a hundred yards, I forget what their record is, but when they rush for over a hundred yards, it's like their record is really good. Like they just normally don't lose. Um, and I mean, last week they rushed for I they believe over two hundred yards. So um, yeah. obviously, it's ninety eight on one play helps. Yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> skewed a little bit by that by that one play, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they just during the, the the Packers game, they rushed for over a hundred. They dominated the Packers. Uh, I believe the the Raiders game, they might have gotten close. Uh, just they they really the offense. Yes, it is a pass first offense. It's a Bruce Arians offense that hasn't changed. But a guy like Tom Brady lives off of play action too. And when there's no threat of a run game that play action threat is just nothing like like teams are just going to be like, okay, well now you, you know, we're going to let Leonard Floyd and we're going to let Aaron Donald just tee off against these guys because we know that they're going to have to pass it 35, 40 times a game. And that's just not a recipe for success for this offense. So staying on schedule, keeping a balanced attack, uh, keeping the Rams guessing, I, I think is a big key in determining the success this offense has. And I'll say it one more time. I think the run game, it could be good, but if Ali Moore pets out, I don't see a way they're going to be able to run effectively against this Rams defensive line. Um, I mean, the the right side of the Bucks is with a rookie Tristan Wirfs and an inexperienced Alex Kappa. While Kappa's been having a decent season, he's still inexperienced. And then you have likely AQ Shipley at center with Ryan Jensen and Diamond Smith on the left side. Diamond Smith's been uh, a target of many Bucks fans, so... Um, because he just hasn't he's had really his ups and downs but his downs are really down uh well, and uh really quickly i didn't, don't mean to cut you off but donovan smith gotta give him some credit he did play a really really good game against carolina and if there's one thing that we've seen him do well well if you pull him on a block that that's all there is to it he is extremely athletic yeah, yeah i mean and and it's something that i like i said i I think people are sick of me sort of defending Donovan Smith. I'm not saying that he's good. It's just I, I don't think he's as bad as people say. Um, but this could be a game that, like, after the game, I feel like fans could be like, oh, Donovan Smith lost them this game. Like, I, I feel like this could be that type of game. So it'll definitely be interesting to see. But I think a lot of the offensive success really depends on if Ali Marpet's there and if they can run the football. Even, like, not maybe over 100 yards, but just run it effectively to where it's some sort of a threat. Yeah, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, every single week on the show to wrap things up, we do something called the weekly checklist, and it's a list that I put over the quarter, uh, I put together over the course of the show. And basically, to put it simply, three things the Bucks need to do if they want to win on Monday night. First things first, let's kick it off. One, Evan had just mentioned it, but uh, don't abandon the run game. You know, this is a pass-first offense, yes, but. Any offense is going to benefit from a run game that's doing well. And when we've seen this offense play on, you know, all cylinders, um, it's because the run game is working. So don't be afraid to abandon the run game. It could be a higher scoring game, but give it to Ronald Jones. He's proven he can run the rock, and let's see what happens. Second up on the weekly checklist, you got to keep Brady clean. Again, as we had mentioned, the absence of Ali Marpet. Hopefully not, but if it happens, the absence of Ali Marpet will be huge for this offensive line, and it'll be probably the most pressure they have felt on any game this season because not only are you playing with 
you know, a makeshift line a little bit, filling in its center, moving Jensen over to the guard. Um, you're playing Aaron Donald in the Rams defensive line, who is eating people alive. So keeping Tom Brady clean is another one of those things, just like the run game. You, you give Brady time, this offense plays its best football we've seen, and it's as simple as that. The last one, I don't want to be overshadowed by anything else, but play a clean game. Play a disciplined game, because I think a lot of what we've seen, when this Bucks team collapsed under the lights, it's because they beat themselves. And, it, you know, we haven't talked about discipline as much as we have in the past on this show, but it's still imperative that on prime time, you got to show up, no mistakes, because... This is a game where that one mistake, that one call that turns a third down into a first down could lose you this game, um, just like a lot of them did against Chicago, getting shades of that Thursday night game. But that is my weekly checklist. Evan, if you have anything you want to add for the Buccaneers, and then afterwards, Ryan, if you have a checklist or anything imperative for the Rams on Monday night, feel free. But Evan, anything else? No, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, if the Bucs do those three things, I I think they're gonna win i just i don't know if all three of those things are gonna happen uh we'll, we'll see um but i mean I, I think if they're able to, to do those those three things there uh i think the biggest one is probably just shutting down the rams defensive line i think that's that's just a huge key um and like you said the penalties which i mean against new orleans they just got their butts kicked uh i mean they no didn't room. really yeah, there's. It didn't really matter, like penalties. But that, I mean, that Chicago game, yeah, penalties just did them in. I mean, if you cut their penalties in half, they probably beat Chicago there, and uh, it's definitely something that they're gonna have to improve upon if they want to uh, win this game because the Rams this is a good football team, and um, I mean, this is a huge game for you know the NFC standings um, as far as playoff goes. Obviously, I know tonight it's Seattle and Arizona as far as seeding goes, especially on the Rams side of things with the NFC West. That is a huge game. So uh, the Rams are going to want to win this one because you know not only do they want to prove that they're for real, but they also they could maybe you know jump a little bit in the NFC West here. So uh, it's a definitely a big game for both teams, and it'll be interesting to see. But I think your checklist is pretty much good, uh, Ryan. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge game for both teams. And if I want to take the easy road, I could just say they just need to blow up your guys' checklist, and that's how that's how they <laughs> yeah. uh, But, no, it's a huge game. The Rams have been uh, – I think they're a very good team. I think they're a Super Bowl contender, but they haven't really beaten a really good team. Obviously, they beat Seattle, but a division game, anyone can beat anyone. Like, it's you know, you could be a bad team and still beat a division, a good division team. Um, so it, it's their chance to stack a couple games now, finally, um, and prove nationally that they are for real. And this this – you know, defense is for real as you know, they're second ranked in the entire NFL and this offense is getting things going in the right direction. Um, so for them to do that though, first and foremost, I mentioned it earlier, they have to not only establish the run, but stick to the run. Uh, they need to run the ball 30 plus times. I think that's their sweet spot. As long as they get 30 plus carries, I don't care if they're getting 2.8, three yards a carry. It at least will establish that they're sticking to it. And it eventually is going to open things up for the passing game and the play action and the bootlegs and the waggles and everything they do well. And you don't do that if you don't prove that you're going to run the ball no matter what. So they have to stick to the run, even if it gets frustrating with that really good uh, defensive front seven for the Buccaneers. Um, so that's one. Number two is on defense. You have to be able to apply pressure on Brady with the four-man front. You can't send a ton of blitzers. Um, you can't every now and then if you do good disguises. Um, but they have to get pressure from their big four up front. Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald's doubled or tripled, who's going to step up in his place? You mentioned it earlier, Evan. We saw Leonard Floyd do it last week with three sacks. We've seen in the past Troy Reader do it uh, off the bench. So who's going to be the guy that steps up if Aaron Donald is double and triple teamed? And if not, 
let's see Aaron Donald get home a couple times. So apply pressure with four. And lastly, we need an explosive player too. This Rams offense, I think, has been fairly efficient. They've been pr- pretty productive for most weeks other than a few. But they haven't really had those big, huge 98-yard touchdown runs, right? They haven't had those big, fun, sports center top 10. Jared Goff to Cooper Cup down the seam for 70 yards. They haven't had those, you know, rollouts to a, a cutting Robert Woods, Bobby Trees over the middle. So they need an explosive player too in this game. Um, and I think that's going to bode well for them. So those are my three checks if they're able to do that. Uh, I think they'll they'll be good enough to uh, take this one as well. All righty, let's wrap this thing up with some good old-fashioned score predictions. I'll start off. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, this is a game that really does seem like it could go either way. It could be high scoring, could be a defensive battle. Who the hell knows at this point? But I'll tell you this. I think it is going to be an offensive-driven game. I think the Buccaneers are going to have to be rolling on all cylinders, which is even more crucial with the holes at offensive line. But you're going to have to put points up on the board if you want to beat the Rams. And I think they do just that. I have got Tampa Bay coming out on top. And a close one, 35-31. Evan, what have you got? Oh, man. I See, I, I do think that Ali Marpet being – this game depends on what you think Marpet's status is going to be for me. And I don't love this matchup, man. <laughs> I, I just I, – I really, really don't. Um the Bucks suck on prime time. If they were playing at one o'clock on Sunday, I'd feel much better, but um, they don't. So I'm assuming Marpet's not going to play. So I'm going to go with 31 to 24 Rams. I just think that uh, they're going to do just enough, and I, I don't think the Bucks offense, Bucks offense, might have the the ball with a chance to tie it at the end. And I just don't think they're going to be able to to drive the, the the field and score a touchdown to tie the game. So uh, I think it'll be a close game. I think this will be back and forth fairly, uh, pretty much the entire game. Uh, but I just think the Rams pull away a little bit at the end and and escape with a W. So. So um, I think if Marpet was was gonna play and was 100%, my score prediction might be different. But I think it's a it's a huge loss. So I'm gonna go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, agree with you, Evan. Not to be a homer at all. I just I've been rolling with this Rams defense all year. I can't bail on them now. Uh, I I projected last week against Seattle to hold Seattle one of the top offenses in the NFL to under 17 points and they held them under 17 points. Uh, I think what makes this defense so great is they might uh, not get off to the best starts early. They give up some, some big chunk plays, some big yardage, some points early, but those halftime adjustments, they are one of the best in the league. And from what the bucks games I've watched is they're kind of similar on the offensive side, right? They get off kind of slow and then they make halftime adjustments and come out in the second half guns blaring. So I think we'll see that fun, kind of chess match happen at halftime and i think the rams the fact they've given up like under 20 points total this season in the second half uh they come out on top so i I like this game 24 17 rams well there it is ladies and gentlemen firstly ryan thank you so much for joining us on the show this week man really appreciate you coming on where can the people find you and uh all of your awesome content Absolutely, fellas. Thanks for having me. Always love talking to any football. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Dybert, LAFB. Uh, our website is the LA Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com. And the podcast, I hope, with former USC Trojan and 13-year NFL vet Frosty Rucker is the LA Football Podcast on the Believe Network. So thanks, fellas. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening on any of our podcast outlets. 
or checking us out with video over on YouTube. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We are uh, coming up over 1,500 subscribers strong. And, of course, all great content. It's the best way to experience the show. You get the awesome video aspect of it. You get the bucks break. You get the weekly hype videos. You get me and Evan stuffing our faces with chicken wings, in which I came out victorious, just for the record, to let everybody know once again, King of the Wing 2020. But all the great stuff over on a YouTube channel. Make sure you go check that out. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Canon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can check out my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. 25,000 plus followers over there. Your best source for Buccaneer news breaking no matter what it may be. You can also follow him on Twitter at EvanNFL where he tweets about Philly sports that not a lot of people care about and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is why you follow him and he won't follow you back. But I'll tell you who will. Myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S if you follow me. I will follow you back. What a mouthful. That's just about going to wrap things up for us on this end. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and very special guest, Ryan Dirude. We'll talk to you guys after the game. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.